This is Kyle Keller. You're listening to H10, Hanshin Tigers English News. Thanks, Kyle. We are back with a fresh episode just for you of H10 Hanshin Tigers English News, fellow Hanshin Tigers fan. I'm the founder of H10, T. Ray, and joining me is Sanjay down in Paradise City where the grass is green. It certainly isn't here in Nishinomiya, Sanjay. We got snow last night, bro. How you doing, man? And the girls are pretty. <laughs> Aloha from Honolulu. And uh, everything is hunky-dory over here, man. It's warm. It's like 25 degrees. It's sunny. Sorry, bro. You got to come out here. Man, I would I would do anything to be either in Hawaii or, as we're going to see in today's show, be down in Okinawa for spring training. So on today's show, we are going to break down the offseason, catch you all up on what the Hanshin Tigers look like for the start of 2023 and what to expect out of spring training. Ready for some Hanshin endorphins and Tigers dopamine? Good. Me too. Time for some rumors and news. So we get started with the big, I don't know if it's big news, but it's kind of interesting. Anyways, the team slogan, right? The annual unveiling of the team slogan. Typically, Sanjay, they've been doing this at the Fan uh, Fan Appreciation Day at the end yep. of November. But this year, it was delayed by about three weeks. It came out around December the 17th. And the slogan is A-R-E. <laughs> which, as many of you know, well, you can check the H10 site and see uh, some details on that. But A-R-E stands for aim, respect, empower. Sanjay, what up with that E? Yeah, you you broke this down nicely on the uh, H10 uh, piece that you wrote and just put up. But yeah, it was not the correct. Re- empower doesn't mean what they think it means. Yeah. So they took it to mean, you know, everybody raise your game a notch, power up, as the Japanese like to say, power up. But yeah, that ain't what empower means. So nice try, guys. But anyways, of course, this is all a play on words on manager Okada, who likes to say are, which means that, right, Um, in place of actually saying what he wants to say. And he's done this for years. People have no idea what he's talking about because he's just, sore are o, right? And it's like, yeah, this is that. <laughs> so... They took that and he has basically said this year, I think once, uh, pardon me, last year, he said the word yusho. And since then he said, we're not using that word anymore. We're just going to say are instead. We're going for that. We want to accomplish that this season. And so they took that are and romanized it and uh, gave it the old acronym, right? So yeah. aim, respect, empower. Yeah. And so, now, and now, Are has actually taken on a life of its own, right? So, it doesn't refer to anything else anymore in the context of the Tigers. It just means you show now. Yeah, yeah, essentially. So, uh, it's kind of a just a, an interesting thing. So, Okada is an interesting manager. You know, like what he says in the media is sometimes um, a little bit. What's the word I'm looking for? It it can get on your nerves, you, you know. It's it's a little bit shocking sometimes, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I've read I've seriously I've read articles that said that his cadence, his way of speaking, and his choice of words is actually perfect for maybe especially Kansai people. Like the way that he speaks is just very well received. So 
I kind of feel that a little bit uh, when I hear his voice as opposed to when I read his voice. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a, a better listen than a read. Yes. So all that to say, we need to subscribe to the YouTube channel or uh, of the team, that is, and just hear his voice more. Okay, well, um, our personal, or pardon me, our team slogan, the H10 slogan will be coming out soon. It's already been decided. It has nothing to do with Are, but I think you all are going to like it. So stay tuned for that. Let's move now into which players left the team and which players joined the team this past offseason. And we'll break them down, not in that order, but rather by the different transactions or how players left or um, joined the team. So we're going to start with a trade that actually happened, I think, just before our last episode in the fall. Um, and we just forgot to mention it. And that was that Taiga Egoshi and Yukiya Saito got traded away to the Nippon Ham Fighters. And we picked up a couple of middle infielders in um, Ryo Watanabe and Yuto Takahama. They're both around 28 years old. Is that right, Sanjay? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. And I mean, they both kind of fill in spots that they're not necessarily like superstars or anything. But of course, we didn't unleash. We didn't give them superstars either. So I think it's a pretty even trade. Remains to be seen. They're both right-handed bats. We were looking for those right-handed bats. And um, Watanabe, the one thing that characterizes him is he is really good at hitting the fastball, which basically almost the entire Tigers lineup was poor at last season. So it gives us at least one more bat that can handle the heat from other teams. Okay, uh, who did we cut? You know, surprisingly, we didn't cut that many players. We cut uh, three pitchers. Onaka, who went to the Swallows, they sw they snapped him up. Moria, who's going to play company ball. Ono, who went to the Buffaloes as a development player. And we had a development player named Maki that we also, and not the base stars Maki, of course, I wish. Um, <laughs> but he just went into retirement, I believe. And then one of our regular players, um, Sato, Ren Sato, who is a right-handed pitcher, um, he is a development player this year. Um, in two seasons, he did zero, never got up to the top squad and couldn't figure out his control issues. And so they're making him a development player for at least the start of 2023. Right. Now, I we think his had, problem... I'm um, oh, sorry? Yeah, I was going to say his problem is that he had that H at the end of his name, unlike Teru Sato, and that probably was his hell. Extra weight, extra weight on the back. Yeah. It just threw off his delivery, I think, you know. Yeah. That, yeah. So um, we also had some imports leave the team and those would be all except for Kyle Keller. And so that means that we said goodbye to three position players, right? Marte, who had been with the team four years, Rojas, who had been with the team two years, and Rodriguez, who had been with the team for a half season. We also said goodbye to almost all the pitchers. And so we had Gunkel, who had been here for three years. We had Alcantara, who had been here for two years. Wilkerson, who'd been here for a year, and Chen, who had been here for a year and a half. Did I miss someone? I might have missed someone. <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that's how, I hate to say it, you know, because I love the import players, but that's how little of an impact most of those guys had. Um, honestly, uh, we will miss those guys because I like all the foreign players. And Gunkel, by the way, has signed with the SoftBank Hawks, so he'll still be in Japan. We'll still be able to, I think it's easier to cheer for him on a Pacific League team, even though it is the Hawks, than it is to cheer for him if he were with the Central League team. So we're wishing you all the best, Gunkel. Yeah, and we can even keep the same colors too. That's right. That's right. I don't think I don't know if he's wearing number 49 or not, though. So uh side note, I have a number 49 jersey in my closet. It's for Imanari, who was wearing the number before Gunkel. And I thought if Gunkel had stayed on, I probably would have added his name to that jersey. But alas, 
now it makes no sense to do that. Okay. <laughs> um, so who did we pick up in their stead? Well, we have Kyle Keller still on and we picked up another pitcher named Keller, another righty. That would be Brian Keller, who is right now slotted to be a starting pitcher and he'll wear number 24, which was vacated by Rojas. Uh, we also, in the um, pitching department, picked up Jeremy Beasley, who was a reliever, is a reliever. He'll wear number 99. And uh, from what I hear, it sounds like he is probably the most hyped of our pickups, um, probably the most likely to succeed right off the right off the bat or right off the arm. Uh, and then we got two <laughs> position players in Johan Mieses, who will wear number 55. And we'll talk about our 55, who left the team in the offseason real soon. And we also got Sheldon Noisy, who is an infielder, but has been registered or will be registered as an outfielder because Okada has said he has no intentions of using Noisy in the infield. Probably left field for either him or Mieses. Whoever pans out is going to get that spot. But Okada has also said, I have no intentions of using the two of them at the same time on the field. And so... You know, it, it depends. Desperate times call for desperate measures, so it could still happen. By the way, Noisy is going to wear number seven. So that was vacated by Itoi, who retired, that we didn't mention in this as well. Okay. Any thoughts on these guys, Sanjay? Well, um, I am really looking forward to seeing how all of them are going to play. Uh, basically, I've, I've only seen videos of them from YouTube from the years past, as probably oh. the same with, same with you. Uh in particular, I'm thinking noisy, you know, spelled N-E-U-S-E for those of you who don't know, but he's going to make a lot of noise with his bat. And, uh, you know, he was a shortstop um, pitcher in high school, played a little outfield. You know, basically the shortstop is the biggest, the best athlete most of the times uh, mm -hmm. growing up. So that's why Okada thinks he'll make a good outfielder. And I think that it makes sense. We've had some of those conversions before in other positions you know Mayumi uh, if you remember that far back he's been in Felder and he went to the outfield and mm -hmm. the 85 team won it all so I'm I'm ready for this guy yeah um, the other thing is he got the uh, the rubber stamp of approval from Matt Merton who uh, there was an article I think that came out yesterday and Merton as many of you know uh, starred on this team for six seasons in the 2010s he saw the video and he said, well, based on what I see, I mean, he's able to adjust and, you know, he's hitting all different types of pitches, hitting to all fields um, and hitting the ball hard. He's not a power home run hitter, but I think he's more a Merton type than anything. So, uh, you know, the question or concern is, will he be the next Merton or the next Haig? Oh, Ooh. we liked Matt Haig too. It just didn't work out for him. Okay, um, one more thing before we get into our last two transactions of the offseason is that we had three guys um, eligible for free agency, all pitchers and all um, guys that we need. And that would be Yuki Nishi, Iwasaki, and Iwasada, who all had the chance to walk if they got better offers, and they all signed back with the Tigers. Much needed. Um, that makes our pitching staff or keeps our pitching staff strong because we were one of the best in NPB last year, and all signs point towards that being the case again in 2023. Welcome back, boys. That said, we did lose a very important pitcher uh, this offseason, and it's maybe within the past week-ish that he signed, well, I guess 10 days, 12 days since he signed, but um, Shintaro Fujinami, Fuji, if you will, signed yes. with the Oakland Athletics, a one-year deal worth $3.25 million. So he is off the roster. Um, 
for better or for worse. I mean, this is a guy that, as you know, Sanjay, um, thrilled and absolutely captivated Hanshin Tigers fans, especially in 2013 to 2015, but also was the source of a lot of stress. And man, did he ever take in or did he ever require a lot of ink uh, for those newspapers from 2017 <laughs> to 2021, especially, I would say. Yeah, totally was. So we wish him all the best. Um, dude, you know this. I know this. I think if you saw that press conference, where did this guy's English come from? I honestly wish I could say, you know what? I, I secretly was teaching him English on the side, but I wasn't. Man, did he ever sound good? Yeah, you know, and uh, he said that he'd been, uh, the pronunciation was never an issue for him for like a long time. That was clear, so, yeah. Yeah, so he, he'd been doing that. He said that he crammed the speech the last three days or so to try and memorize everything. But as far as um, the language itself goes, he must have been, well, I know that he was uh, taking lessons all during last year at the very least. Yeah. And uh, quite obviously even before that too. So yeah, I mean, he... Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm sure he didn't write it by himself and not have it checked by anybody. You know what I mean? Like somebody no. clearly checked it and made sure that it sounded perfect. And then he memorized what was there, you know, yep. but it's probably his words as far as like, well, these are his sentiments, but maybe not composed by himself. But nevertheless, I mean, his delivery was, you know, you compare it to players past. And even this year, like, you know, you compare it to how um, Senga and how Yoshida sounded in theirs. And it, it's it's a huge difference. Yeah, it is. So that's not to say that's, you know, going to guarantee his success in the majors. But, you know, as we know, language is a big factor when it comes to whether you can succeed and adjust to a new culture or not. So just like that was just so encouraging to me to see him, um, you know, give that speech, if you will, um, at his uh, press conference. Yeah. And I also think he landed in a good on a good team. Yes. Uh, well, a bad the, team. Well, well on a bad, <laughs> a bad team, team, but, but the... good, a good fit. Yeah. Good fit. Yeah. The expectations aren't going to be that high. The uh, press isn't going to be all over him. Not not from the US anyway. Uh, and it'll let him sort of um, do his thing. And I'm hoping I'm going to get to catch him in a game or two. Yeah. So he, I think, is going to be wearing number 11, even though he wore number one at that presser, because that was just kind of a temporary jersey for him. All mm -hmm. right. Our last uh, transaction to talk about. And by the way, we're going to keep our radar on Fujinami this season. So during the show, I don't know if Jimbo is able to compose just a quick little jingle, but we might have a Shinchan corner for you, or we'll call it the Fuji something. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, last corner is, uh, or last thing is the active players draft, which took place in December. This is a first for NPB, where it's kind of like the rule five draft in MLB, um, except with a bit of a Japanese twist. And so every team basically had to put out two or three players that they were willing to let go of. Um, and there were certain stipulations on that um, salary and experience and so on. And basically, every team had to lose one player and gain one player. And then beyond that, it could go beyond that, I think, two or three rounds. But we lost Yokawa, our number 55, up until, well, from 2014 to 2022, he was our number 55. Right-handed slugger. You know, it's weird. We we traded away Egoshi and then we lost Yokawa here. And yet we pulled in a bunch of right-handed hitters because that's what we felt our was our team weakness. And yet we, you know, we unleashed these two guys that we were hoping would be the cleanup for our, our lineup. Anyhow, Yokawa just never panned out, I don't think. So he is now a member of the Saitama Seibu Lions. And the because of the Rule 5 draft rules, we didn't then pick a lion. We actually got to pick from a different team and we chose Kotaro Otake, who is a left-handed pitcher. Um, and he was with the SoftBank Hawks 
had an excellent, I want to say 2017 or 2018 season. He had one excellent season and then he just kind of petered out. But the one thing that I see as hopeful in this is that Otake played in the Western League. The Hanshin Tigers are in the Western League. That means that our not only our scouts, but even our coaches saw plenty of him to know whether or not he would be a good fit on our team. And the other thing that I see as hopeful is that we have pulled in a boatload of pitchers from SoftBank and turned them back <laughs> into good players. Yep. So Suarez, anyone? <laughs> right. But then even some of our guys that, you know, they may not be like, the, you know, the, the stud closers or anything, but we have Kajia, we have Watanabe. Uh, mm-hmm. still in our arsenal and they're main parts of our bullpen so and these are all guys that the hawks just felt they didn't need so yeah we'll welcome otake and we'll turn him into something Bring all right some number changes three guys switched the digits on their backs this offseason so um iwasada part of his negotiations for coming back to the team the team straight up offered him number 14 and since he was absolutely enamored with Nomi, who wore number 14 for, what, 16 years for the Tigers, whatever. Um, he jumped at that. He was like, that, okay, I'm signing back. So he's got number 14 on his back this year. And sliding into number 17 then is Aoyagi, who wore number 50 up until now. So the reason behind that, Sanjay, if you don't mind. Well, that was his number when he's grown up and he wore it through university. So uh, he wanted to go back to his roots. And, you know, with Iwasada vacating that number, it was a perfect chance for him to take it up. And, you know, I think the thing is in Japan, like it, it feels like numbers have meaning and are important. And the lower the number, uh, the more important you are seen as. And then also, it seems like those teen numbers are given to ace pitchers. And clearly, Aoyagi is our ace, right? I mean, the past, what, two seasons for sure, he has been mm-hmm. head and shoulders above the rest of the pitching staff. Yeah, he's our mainstay. So there you go. So don't be surprised when you see the goat wearing number 17 on his back next season. Um, and finally, uh, outfielder Onodera, Dan Onodera, uh, goes from number 97 to number 60. Um, and that also, I think, was his number in university or I think it was university, maybe high school. And he said that that um, for some reason that was really important to him because of his coaches in university. He wanted to show them that, you know, I- I'm going to do it this year. So we'll see if the number change does him some good. Speaking of numbers, our draftees got their numbers in December as well. And so we're going to run through these and then talk about a few of them. Morista, our number one draft pick, gets number one. Monbetsu, our number two pick, gets number 30. He's a left-handed pitcher. Itzubo, um, he will wear number 40. He is an outfielder, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, out of high yep. school. He'll wear number 40. Uh, another pitcher coming at us a righty i believe um will wear number 48 that would be ibaragi he came out of high school as well and then toy is an infielder he'll wear number 44 tomida who came out of the industrial leagues will wear number 50 so he's taken over from where aoyagi left off hopefully Uh, he's a left-handed pitcher and then as a development player noguchi will wear number 121 so any thoughts on any of these numbers sanjay well morista wearing number one you know Who's the last big guy who wore number one for us? So we have high hopes for him, and I think he's uh, he's up to the challenge. You know, up until now, if you look back at who wore number one through the years, there weren't a ton of outstanding players that did. It's really surprising because, you know, especially, you know, in Japanese baseball, again, number one holds a very special place. Back in the day, these guys would take their numbers straight out of high school, which 
were given to them based on their positions. And so number one was the pitcher and the ace mm-hmm. pitcher. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it doesn't mean that it's still the ace pitcher's number, but it is an important number on a lot of teams. So yeah, we definitely have high hopes for Morista. Another one I, of course, want to point out is that Tomida is taking over number 50 from Aoyagi. And he apparently is looking really good. Like his fastball, he's a lefty and his fastball, I think, is already hitting 150 kilometers an hour, which is about 93, 4 miles. Yeah. miles. Nice. Yeah. And also his spin rate apparently is like, who are they comparing him to? They're comparing him to like the pros. And his spin rate is better than some of the pros, like some of these pro guys that have really good fastballs. So they're thinking maybe he might be able to actually crack the rotation this season already, even as a rookie. And number That's six encouraging. pick. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So I've got hopes for him. And he even said, like, hopefully this number 50 is one of these numbers that is going to be known as the number that players wear until they can move on to a better number. So he wants to follow in Aoyagi's footsteps, wear number 50 until he's too good for it. <laughs> I like those words. Yeah. And the last one, of course, we got to mention is number 44, which of course has such a huge um history with this team you know and so he's taking it from uh toy by the way is taking it from alcantara who took it over from umeno who was Mm -hmm. you know i think number two has basically become his number but he was number 44 for what six years or so before he took over number two that's right but of course you and i both know the most storied number 44 in our team history is randy bass that is correct. The, man, the myth, the legend, Kamisama, Hotokesama, Basusama. Kaneru-sama. Yes. There <laughs> you go. Um, Randy Bass played for the team 1939, 1939, 1983 um, and then, of course, he is part of the legend of the Curse of the Colonel. Uh, but also, in Randy Bass News, he entered the Hall of Fame at long last. About time. That is right. Yeah. So actually, the uh, NPB has got kind of two categories for um, Hall of Fame. One is for players and one is for the experts. Well, actually, they have a third one as well. But um, And that's for other special reasons. But he got in as a quote-unquote expert. And the expert category is basically guys that got overlooked when they were eligible as players. And I think as time has gone by, some of the controversy surrounding Bass has settled down. And people have seen that, yes, he is indeed a legend and deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He got in as well as Alex Ramirez. They are the first two foreigners to get in, I believe, since Wally Yonamine. Yeah, that's who right. is a uh, native Hawaiian. Yes. Native of Hawaii. Yes, but also uh, got the Okinawa heritage. So anyways, those two. And then also the composer of Roko Roshi, the, the Hanshin Tigers song, Yuji Koseki, also got in. So kind of a special day for the Tigers uh, when it comes to Hall of Fame. Yay. All right. Um, so let's move ahead and let's talk a little bit about the spring now, if we could. Um, so first of all, we got to add one more coach to the staff and we'd been waiting for this one. That would be Makoto Imaoka, who, uh, was rumored to be part of the staff. He's going to be a hitting coach. He'll wear number 77 and, uh, he is a welcome part of the coaching staff. I think this gives us, um, hope moving forward that he's going to be able to turn things around for some of our hitters. Yeah. Welcome, Mr. Imaoka. Um, I guess his announcement was delayed because of some, some issues. Uh, physical Physical, issues on his part 
Um, but uh, he's he's ready, and he says uh, he's wearing number seventy-seven, which is Mister Hoshino's number. Right. And Hoshino was the one who uh, picked him up and put him together when Nomura had kind of sent him down to the second team. Yeah. Uh, there's some nice, funny interviews about uh, Okada having been uh, responsible for Imaoka on the farm and hitting really well. And Nomura wanted him back up on the first squad, and Imaka goes, "I don't want to go there anymore," <laughs> and fake, oh. fake the broken, uh, fake the, the sprained ankle. Huh? I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Well, Imaka gets to be back with Okada, uh, so all is well in that area. All right. Before we jump into the hot topic, we are going to give some shout-outs. So we want to thank all these people for making this show possible. Tokyo Swallows. Anita, Zorni, William Schofield, Ian Hadel, Wakayama Joe, Jamie Owens, Shane Barclay, Richard Guywitz, Tom Zilla, Rick Silvers, UK Fran, <laughs> Mike Schulke, and Netherlands Doug. Thank you all for your patronage and feel free to join them on Patreon, everybody. Patreon.com slash The Hunching Tigers. Thank you, Patreons. Hunching Tigers English. So for today's hot topic, we are going to look at spring training, my friend. And first of all, a little bit of a precursor to the uh, our actual talk. That would be when is spring training? Uh, it starts on February the 1st, as it does every season. And this year, it runs through February the 27th for the Hanshin Tigers. Where does it take place? It is going to be down in Okinawa, as usual. Um, the top squad is going to be in a village called Ginoza, which is kind of up in the northern part of the island. And the second squad, who until this season had been practicing or doing their workouts in mainland in Shikoku Island, um, a town called Aki, in Kochi Prefecture are moving down to Okinawa as well. So they'll be in Uruma City in a place called Gushikawa, which is about a 30-minute drive from the top squad. So what this does is it gives a lot more flexibility to the team as far as uh, calling guys up to the top squad for workouts and for the rest of camp and sending guys down if they're not performing or if they get hurt or whatever the case might be. So it's pretty exciting. And the next time that I head down to Okinawa for camp, it's going to be fun to be able to check out both in in one foul swoop in fact weren't they saying that the uh red and white game as it were the inter-squad games that they're planning for february 10 and 11 will be able to combine both the top and second teams uh right. they'll have everybody right, right right there that's right yep so that's also an interesting uh aspect of it as well so there are going to be a couple of guys that are joining our camp as helpers and those would be jerry sands and jeff williams who are our international scouts in America, they're going to be coming for a couple of weeks, and I'm not sure which two weeks they'll be there for. But my assumption is that it's going to be the start of February. That would be my guess. Like it wouldn't make sense to let the new guys uh, adjust or not figure things out, and then when they're frustrated, have these guys join. So probably, I'm guessing February one to fourteen or so, they'll be there. I actually read somewhere that they're going to be staggering them. So I think mm. Sands is the first two weeks and Williams is the second two weeks or something like that. Okay. Well, that would make sense as well. And I think like, as I'd said um, in an article in daily sports, uh, I really think the team needs to have a foreigner on staff, <clears throat> hint, hint, uh, to help these guys out throughout the season. Um, 
you know, and even just giving them someone to talk to. And I've talked to uh, Tom O'Malley, who played for the team and was a coach for the team about that. And he is fully on board with that idea as well. Okay. A couple of guys that are going to be leaving camp partway through. It's already decided. It's not injury related. That would be because we have two Hanshin Tigers who are joining the WBC World Baseball Classic Samurai Japan team. We have got middle infielder. Should we call him second baseman or shortstop? <laughs> Takamu for us, shortstop for the team. No, that's right. Japan. And that's created a little bit of waves amongst Hanshin Tigers fans and the media. Okada has said, I'm not making him practice at shortstop. I don't care what WBC is doing or Samurai Japan is doing with him. We're using him at second. He's practicing only at second with us. Um, but he'll be a backup shortstop for Samurai Japan. I mean, if Sosuke Genda doesn't get hurt, then Nagano probably isn't going to be playing the field much anyway. So it won't matter. True. And then uh, as a, out of the bullpen, we'll have Atsuki Yuasa, who I just read yesterday. I think there's rumors he may even be the closer for the team, which would be pretty exciting. <laughs> That's what Kuriyama said. He wants, he's has high hopes for the young kid. So there you go. That is pretty cool stuff. So um, that's basically the uh, the breakdown of what's going on at camp. But now let's talk a little bit about who's going to be there and what to expect. So the top squad, as I said, is up in Ginoza, which is honestly, um, I don't think you've ever been to that camp, have you? No, I have not. I wish I could. Okay, I've been there a couple times. I mean, it's very isolated. So if you go there, I mean, you kind of have to come with everything that you need, except for, I mean, like you can buy drinks and snacks and I guess like a meal right there, but there is no convenience store nearby. There are no restaurants nearby. There is absolutely nothing near that ballpark. So you're buying their stuff or you're buying nothing at all. But I mean, it allows, <laughs> it allows the players to focus. Um, and, you know, there's enough parking that you'll be able to park your rent a car or whatever and uh, take in the action and just focus entirely on the tigers that'd be cool yeah it is it is pretty cool um i was hoping to go there this year but i'm almost for sure going there next year so let's talk about who is going to be there and then we'll talk a little bit about the kind of schedule as far as games just in case anyone is wanting to either tune in or um actually go there so um as far as pitchers i'm doing these in numerical order from smallest to biggest number and so we've got iwazaki iwasada nishi nishi that's junior mm -hmm. and yuki aoyagi mm -hmm. keller ito saiki hamachi murakami keller shimamoto kirishiki otake kajiya okadome yuasa ishi iwata beasley 20 pitchers by the way, you can read all of this. You can read along with us if you want. All the info is up on H10, Hunching Tigers English News, so that you can actually see the names and memorize them and stuff. Okay, catchers. We got Ubeno Sakamoto. That's a given. And then Sakaeda is the third catcher. Infielders. Kinami, Oyama, Kumagai, Sato, Watanabe, Itohara, Obata, Nakano, Ueda, Haraguchi. And then outfielders. Chikamoto, Noizi, Takayama, Inoue, Shimada, Mieses, Mayagawa, Itayama, eight outfielders. Any thoughts on any of these names that you're surprised to see up at the top squad um, on this first camp? Um, surprised to see them. Uh, you know, uh, this is going to be really rude, but in a weird way, I'm kind of surprised that Itohara is on the list. <laughs> yeah, you know, like he hasn't really received any press coverage, which means that 
I don't think Okada's really talked about him much at all. That not said, recently. I mean, you know, this is a guy that has he, I don't think he's ever been on the farm as a player, except for when he's hurt. I don't think he's ever been sent down. Yeah, you're probably right. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, he kind of has to play his way off of the top squad, or he has to be pushed off the top squad by guys, which, you know, Okada has said, you know, the the uh, ability to swap guys in and out from this top squad camp um, so easily is one of the main features of having the second squad in Okinawa as well. So he may end up down there eventually. We'll see. Um, I am a little bit surprised. We'll stick with the infield here a little bit. Um, Watanabe made it and Takahama didn't. I would have almost thought they'd want those guys to stick together just for familiarity's sake. And then also because, you know, they're both kind of brought in with the same rough ex or roughly the same expectations, I should say. But it is what it is. Um, in the outfield, man, we've got uh, two real young pups that are hoping to grab one of those spots. Those would be Inoue, Kota Inoue, and Ukyo Mayagawa. Um, they are, what, 19 and 21 years old, respectively? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's the first time for both of them to be on the top squad um, spring training roster. Right. And I guess the the thing that st struck me was that Shimada can't really rest on his laurels from last year because Okada yeah. says, I need somebody that can really hit and not just singles uh, in the out corner outfield. Right, right, right. Yeah. So definitely Shimada earned his spot here and has shown that he's capable of at least taking some of the workload. But I don't think that he's sold Okada on anything as far as being a regular um, in that lineup. And then you look at these two guys from the 2015 draft who are pushing what they're both 29, I believe, Takayama mm. and Itayama. Mm -hmm. The Yamayamas. And, uh, I think both of them kind of impressed Okada, maybe in the sense that Okada is remembering the glory years or the glory year for each of them, 2016. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is still a chance. And uh, Takayama basically said, look, I think the only reason that I'm still with this team is because Okada became the manager and he believes in me. So I yeah. want to definitely uh, kind of answer that call, if you will. Yep. So we'll see about that. So Sakaeda is a third catcher, um, not Nagasaka, who actually played at the top squad, not regularly, but maybe more than any other third string catcher last year. Sakaeda got like one game, one at bat last year. But he got the, he got a, the, an RBI single then, right? He did to tie the last game of the year, which essentially yeah. kind of helped us into the playoffs in a way. Yeah. So I'm excited about him. Um, he goes to or went to Ritsumeikan University, which is where I worked. Um, he was at a different campus than I was, so I never met him. But um, yeah, I'm excited for him. And then there's a couple of first-time pitchers in Okadome, who uh, was also part of the same draft as Sato, right? Sato and Ito yeah. and Nakano. Um, there's hopes for him. Kirishiki, I think, has a chance at that number six starter spot. We're going to talk about uh, the depth chart on a different program, but it's going to be really intriguing, especially when it comes to the rotation, because we've got like nine guys, maybe mm -hmm. 10 guys mm -hmm. that could legit be part of the rotation. Okay, so, we will talk about that now, though. No, we're not going to give a depth chart or talk about that. I mean, I think we can save that until maybe we're a few days or a few weeks into camp for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, that is the top squad. Now, as far as games go, as Sanjay mentioned, there are going to be some 
uh, Intra Squad Games. I think it's, uh, I thought it was 11th and 12th. But anyways, it's either 10th and 11th or 11th and 12th. Yeah, one of those. Uh, yeah. So those are kind of the first, that's going to be the first game action. I think they're really focusing a lot more on defense during this camp. Oh, thank you, Okada. Thank you. <laughs> I really hope that this makes a difference and our team actually has a good defense. Okay, but we will have games. Uh, there are some of these that are TBA. They are going to be road games, though, on the 15th, uh, which is the Saturday. And then I've got a little mistake in here. The 18th, no, the 18th is Saturday. 15th is not a Saturday. Um, but the 15th will be our first game. That would be a Wednesday, I believe. And then Saturday, we're going we're going to play a home game against the Bay Stars. Sunday, we'll have a home game against the Samsung Lions. So Korea is back in Okinawa for spring training for the first time in three years or three years, so, yeah. maybe four uh, since mm -hmm. the pandemic. Um, and then Thursday is a national holiday here, the 23rd. We'll have a road game on that day. Uh, last year, I think we played the Carp on that day. So it might be the Carp again. And then the official beginning of the uh, preseason exhibition schedule. These count in the useless standings. Um, 25th and 26th, Saturday, Sunday, we're playing the Swallows in Urasoe uh, at their spring training ballpark. And then we face the Fighters up in Nago at their spring training facility, which is a nice one. And that would be on the 26th. And then the very next day, we have our final day of camp where they'll just wrap things up. And I think they'll probably be done around noon or so on that day. So if you are planning to go down to Okinawa, it looks to me like the best time to go is to catch those last three uh, games, 23rd, 25th, 26th. And I think the 24th is also a practice day. Yeah, it's not a day off. So you can catch like four full days of good action during that time. Sweet, sweet. Yes. So the second squad also has some games, um, fewer games and kind of close to the same schedule. Um, it's first through 27th. And as I said, they're in Gushikawa. This is a new uh, facility for them. So I expect that the Hanshin Enge, the uh, the grounds crew, is going to be down there, probably already down there setting it up so that it simulates, replicates uh, what we've got up here um, at Koshien for those guys. Uh, but the rest of the guys that we didn't mention are going to be down on the bottom. Uh, we're not going to name them all because that's just wasting airspace, but some standouts, some guys that I'm surprised or that I would look to see get called up. One would be Moriki, our stud number one draft pick from... 2021 um man there were rumors that he might be called on to close games and i don't like that i want to see him fight for a starting spot <laughs> well i guess i guess he's got such um command of a, a nasty fastball that he could he could just kind of blow it by people in the ninth inning right right um so he's there and then i mean a lot of a lot of these guys down on the bottom squad, they're fighting through some kind of injury, coming back from an injury, or just real strugglers. And so there's not a lot of big names down there. I mean, there's names, there's guys I'm hoping will eventually, uh, you know, make an impact this season. But as far as the pitching staff goes, um, the other name that stands out to me, and I'm hoping will come back at the end of the season, would be Haruto Takahashi. Yeah. Um, the most electric left-handed pitcher we have had um, in forever. Um, but just been really hampered with injuries. He had Tommy John surgery. Was it the middle of last season, like around July? Uh, I think, wasn't it the year before? Or sorry, no. Well, he's slated to come back sometime around, like they're expecting he might be back playing um, around June or July of this year, like probably doing rehab stuff. Right. So, so yeah, I think it I might have been early, early last year. Might have been. Yeah, it was before the season last year, maybe. Yeah. Anyhow. 
Um, that's one. And then the other ones that kind of stand out, obviously our first overall pick, that would be Morista. Um, kid is expected to definitely compete for a starting spot. Um, Okada has kind of said right field is yours, bro. Um, except that he basically injured himself during the uh, rookie training sessions. And so he wasn't even able to do regular workouts with them. And he's going to start on the farm uh, squad. But apparently around the time of those intra-squad games is when they're expecting he may be ready to get called up to the top. Yeah. Some so strained leg or something like a strained lower calf or something. Right. But so if he's being given right and Chikamoto obviously is going to be in center and I'm sure we're starting the season with a foreigner in left, then basically the outfield is more or less decided <laughs> more or less. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it depends, you know, anything could happen. The, the foreigners may struggle or Morisha might hurt himself even worse or whatever. So there is, you know, still hope for these other guys, but um, yeah, we'll save a lot of that talk for next time because I think we've gone over time here and uh, yeah, that is basically spring training in a nutshell. So I hope that we're able to do some decent coverage for you on what's going on down there. Man, I cannot believe, Sanjay, that a week from today, there's going to be Hanshin Tigers baseball again. Woohoo! Can I yeah. add one thing that I just saw on TV the other day that is Please. positive news? The spring training camp has been moved, right? Before yep. 2020, before 2023. Yep. In 1985, they moved the training oh, camp from Aki and... Oh, boy. Oh, they had two separate locations before 85. They moved it all to Aki in 85. In 03, they had they had it, uh, they moved it from only Aki to Okinawa and Aki. So hmm. every time, every year that they changed the training camp, pennant. So, uh, yeah, when we do our predictions show, that can be your, your grounds for choosing them to finish in first place, everyone. Okay. To totally scientific. Yeah. And if you quote Sanjay, what he, Sanjay just said now, when you do your predictions, we're going to give you a discount on merchandise, <laughs> whatever that means. Mention <laughs> us for a free 10, you know, for a 20% discount on your next purchase. All right, there you have it. Good stuff. Okay, well, that is a wrap for this, our first proper episode of H10 in 2023. Thank you all for tuning in. If you have not gotten your fill of us, we are out there on the net, just like everyone else. We are on Patreon. We've got our website, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. T-Ray also has a daily sports column in Japanese if you want to try out your Nihongo. So details for all those things are in the show notes. Special thanks to... Oh, man. Who's our theme music this year? It's a pretty cool tune, isn't it, Sanjay? Yeah, I like it. Let's, yeah, let's see um, what the listeners say. I believe it is called Funky Town, and it is made by Infraction. Or, yeah, something like that. So thank you for the theme music. Anyways, it is copyright-free, and we appreciate the cool tunes. All right, everybody. We also want to thank Show for mixing the pod for us. Could not do this without you. Catch you all next time. Are, onegaishimasu. Yoshiku! Yoshiku!